0: Told you. Recorded live. Welcome to the spiritual round table. This is Brother Rod. Um tonight's topic is titled God and the police. Right. Um <laughs> when you see that title, you would say to yourself, What you mean, God and the police? You know, you know and police ain't God, you could put God with that. Um, but it's, it's, it was put together for the sake of what's happening now. Um, In the last 48 hours, we have had two African-American males uh, shot and killed by Caucasian law enforcement. Uh, One incident was in Baton Rouge. Uh, Alton Sterling, uh, who was standing outside a convenience store selling CDs, uh, was approached by officers, um, dragged to the ground um, by two officers and then eventually was shot. Um, The video is out there. I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it. It's pretty graphic. Um, That was painful. That was a big shock um, for those who are in the African-American community for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure. And to others, even more shocking, less than 24 hours from that, we get another case where uh, Ronaldo, uh, let me make sure I pronounce his name correctly, Costello uh, was shot in his car uh with his fiance filming it where he got pulled over for a bus to tell And um it amazing to me how this Philando is his name. It was amazing to me how this to me has is is I hate to say it this way because this definition, of what I'm using, epidemic is something that's an outbreak and it's widespread. But if you think about it, going back to Trayvon Martin, uh, Mike Brown, Freddie Gray, it's like, dude, the names just keep. Like at some point, this ain't accident. Okay, if it's constantly happening, what else needs to take place to provoke change? You know, to provoke, okay, what's really happening? What's really going on? You know, Lord, don't let us miss this. What do we really need to see in this? So um, let me go to the foundation scriptures. uh Now that I explained the incident, um, then I give a, a quick, another brief take on what I first thought, and then we'll go into open discussion uh, for everyone here. Uh, so. The Bible says this, right? Because this is the round table, this is how we do. So the Bible says this in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 4 Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the orders of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For the rulers, are not a terror to do good are not terror to do good works, but to do evil. Do you want to be un, do you want to be unafraid of authority? Well, do what is good and you will have praise for the same. <laughs> for he is God's minister to you for good, but if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. He is God's minister and avenger or execute wrath on him who practice evil. So now, therefore, authority is appointed by God. All authority is under God. There's no authority that's in place that hasn't been appointed or under the authority of God. So Paul goes to say respect the authority, right? So I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, we respect the authority, we do that, right? We abide by the authority. But what what I'm what I'm trying to what I'm trying to bring together is, and it's hard to wrap to understand that though they may do evil, God has the sword, and he's gonna give the wrath accordingly. Where it says he does not bear the sword in vain. He don't have it just to have it. So we have to be reassured that, listen, God's wrath is going to rectify the unjust. Great. So we go into our next verse. Matthew 5 and verse 45 says that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Right? So that's a powerful word. The Bible says, listen. Whether good or bad, whether the actions are good or bad, it rains on the just and the unjust. But watch this Galatians chapter six verse seven says, "Do not be deceived; God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. So there's no way out, there's no way around it <clears throat> whatever you sow, you will reap." Whatever you do that is evil, there will be a, a, a punishment that will pay paid by God. For the Bible also says revenge is what? Mine says the Lord, right? Those are the things we have to take in place. Those are the reasons I wanted to give us, give us guys and you, these foundation scriptures. Because when the things happen at the time that they happen, those churches ain't coming to mind. We're thinking right away, hey, retaliation right? We're mad, we're frustrated, but we got to keep in mind that the battle is not carnal; the battle is spiritual warfare. It's the minds of officers that are going out in the roles that the enemy has that are doing evil because they're not the only ones that this is happening to. It's that technology of these ones that's getting caught Right, So let's go into open dialogue. Watch this, and then I'm going to open the floor up. Uh, When I first heard it, I was so sad because I immediately thought about my son, my wife, and myself. And I was like, this is too close to home for me. This fear that the enemy is using. It's it's so unjust, so I'm like, Lord, show yourself somewhere in this. But I was totally hurt, right? Dealing with it, praying about it, watching the son stand there and say, I want my father. And I'm like, wow. And watching the unjust. And then less than 24 hours later, can we go again? And it's like even worse. You know, so it didn't just, no, none of the means justify it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not trying to wrap myself around this. I'm like, oh, Lord, we got to pray. We got to pray. Because uh, we can rally, we can, we, can, we can burn up the Walmarts, we can burn up the Targets, we can do all that. But it still doesn't rectify any of the injustice that's still going to take place. And I told my friend earlier that. I said, man, you know what? I said, God would allow things to happen for a reason. I said, I don't want to miss the picture because it's a reasoning behind these two deaths. And for us visually to be able to see it, God's doing something. And I don't want us to miss it. I said, God allowed this to happen. Right? Why you say that? Because he could have prevented it from happening, right? If God is God. So watch this. God prevents stuff from happening all the time in our lives, on our behalf, right? So we don't hear about the saying that God prevents, but we hear about the thing that God allows. And if God allowed it to happen, trust and believe. It's something that needs to be seen or revealed. So, what we need to do now is pray. But the first prayer of a righteous man, what as much? David say, "I cried out to the Lord; He heard my prayer." If we come together as a as a as Christian, as a community, as fellowship, and we truly pray. I guarantee you more things will be revealed and change will happen without us having to be carnal and radical. The Lord say you take a stand and I will fight for you. You don't have to move or you don't have to do nothing. I got good officers all around and let's watch them work. Amen. Um, I wanna first start with uh Sister Chandra, our first lady of uh the round table. And Chandra, how did you feel how did you feel when you heard about
1: this situation? Wow. Um, when I first well first like the Ben Rules um situation, you know, you in. And then just, like, the night before going to bed, you know, you're thinking about it, like, wow, you know, this could have happened to my brother or to my dad or, you know, to my son. And then you wake up in the morning, less than 24 hours, and it don't happen again. And it's just, I was just, it's like I had no words. I was just overwhelmed with sadness. I weeped. I cried. And it was it felt like it just a hole in my heart, and to be perfectly honest, it's like i initially I be wanna pray, you wanna pray, but it's like, God, what can I pray? What can I say? It's like i- I was so numb over what happened, like I couldn't believe it, and then watching the video it just. It makes you angry, but overall, I had a overwhelmed experience of sadness, and it took a while. It took um, a friend of mine to call me, and me and her talking about it for me to even to, to to just quote with, "Oh my God, this is this has really happened, and it has happened again." So now I'm in a place where, okay, you know your position. And your position is to pray and keep and be let it made be made known because this could have been in your family. This could have happened to your child. This could have happened to your nephews. This could have been happened to your brothers. You know, wow. so it's like I just gotta pray that this situation will not be swept up under the rug and a reaping and a sowing will happen. Amen. And every person that has played a part in it that God will reveal and the eyes will be opened over the situation and a reaping and a sowing will take place. Amen. 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 Brother Calvin, um when you first heard it,
0: man, what, what was your initial thoughts? So what are some of the things that you feel like we can put into place for our next move?
2: Well, bro, um, sister just hit it on the head. It's kind of like, um, um, when you see stuff like this, you know, we were just talking the last round table. We had just come through with the, um, Orlando nightclub shooters and stuff. We were just talking about, I think everybody's reaction is kind of the same like, wow, you know, um, the fact that this stuff is so prevalent now, and I'm going to get into this as we talk, you know, throughout the group. So I ain't going to talk about it right now, but we'll get into it tonight. But um, the things that the enemy does, man, you know, like we talk all the time about weapons that he's using, man, and it's just, it's, it's completely amazing at how the enemy has waged war on the world using streams of media, like tools that we find to be or at least we hope to be some of the most helpful things that we have in this world the enemy uses to just continue to pour and pour images and information into our brains to basically leave us just like what Sister Chandra said just kind of like numb you know that's I think that's the entire design is basically how the people of God kind of throwing your hands up saying well what what am I supposed to do what am I doing what this is nothing's working. You know what I'm gonna pray for. I don't, nothing's working. That's exactly right. that's exactly what I believe. These types of things are. This that's why I believe these things are occurring. it's not that God, of course, is is desiring for these types of things to happen. But like you mentioned before, just about prayer, man. The fact that the people of God, if we will humble ourselves and pray, you know, right. and turn from our wicked ways, God can. He'll listen to our prayers. He'll answer us. He'll heal our land. But when we're struck with so much news like this to a point where even the people of God, and that's all of us at this point are just kind of like shook and stuck and almost dumbfounded to a point like, well, what, what in the world do I do? That we either have one alternative. We can either go back to the drawing board and do exactly what his word said and, and pray because there is no real, like you said, a, We can march all day. We can see these people on CNN and all these talking heads going around talking about having forums and talking about different things. But the issues are spiritual issues that go back to the beginning of time. And the enemy doesn't change his his tactics. He changes the tools, but he's doing the same thing he's been doing forever. And it's going to take a lot more than us talking and marching and, you know, those types of things to change mindsets that the enemy has in place and to break those strongholds is much, much bigger than that. So this wow. is the start what we're doing, of course, every every time we get together.
0: Amen. Um, is Sister Jessica uh on the phone with us? Um I wanted to get her perspective. Um she was definitely uh super passionate about it uh, earlier and she had such a great take uh, that I that I, I I just to see it coming from there, but if not, um, I do want to say hi. Yes.
3: Hey, <laughs> hey y'all. <laughs>
1: hey, welcome. Hey. Thanks. I told uh, you I'd come in.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, we're glad to have you. Uh, if you could just share on with us, what was your initial? reaction when everything happened? How did you feel?
3: Um, of course, I felt like pretty much like everybody else. Like, it's, I don't know, there's really no words. It's like shock, you know, that numbness, like, yes, I've seen, like, the videos and everything going on, and unfortunately the TV's been on CNN since I've gotten home, and just, like, your heart just breaks, because it's just like, oh, my God, like, this is our people. So, you know, it's, it's really disheartening. It's really sad. It's it's overwhelming. And it's, I don't know, you just don't really know what to say or what to do. Like, you guys pretty much said it already. Like, the, that sentiment, that feeling is definitely there. Um, and I'm glad that you guys opened up with prayer. And, like, you know, this is a moment, like, We definitely need to be praying that's that's definitely real. But I'm just, it's it's hard. It's hard to watch this.
0: Right, right. you know, it's amazing how though we are in positions of power and we have truly come a long way um, as a people, as a culture, you know, I don't know if racism is one of those things that would ever, like, not be around, you know? And uh, I know we were talking earlier, you were saying how in South Carolina, like, they just, the state of South Carolina, like, they I think they just got rid of the Confederate flag like a year ago or something?
3: Yeah, they just got rid of it. And, like, the only the only reason, because it's been something that we've been fighting, like, since our childhood, the only reason is because that, um, the shooting, Dylan Roof when he shot up the church and killed the nine people and they and you know, you know, our governor actually like came together. She Yeah, I know, but sorry, my roommate is um dipping in. Anyhow <laughs> the I mean, at least the state of South Carolina in that time could come together and you know, finally make a decision about getting that down. The sad thing is that we've been fighting that fight forever, and it takes somebody, you know, killing nine people in a church, you know, for them to be like, oh, well, you know, maybe we should really, you know, take this down. It's, you know, 2015, like, we've been fighting this flag, you know, a flag, that that symbol, that what that means, what that represents right. for us, the people, you know, it's just, it's really sad. Like, we've come a long way, but we haven't. Like, we're still fighting the same fight. We're still fighting, like, the, you know, I feel like history is repeating itself. Right. So, right. It, it's crazy.
0: Right. Um, Paul, uh, you're available. Uh, how did you feel, bro? Uh, what are some of the changes? Uh, I don't know if Paul is there. Paul may not be there. Um, um, Achilles, uh, last but not least, Achilles, uh, if you are there, uh, feel free to share with us your take on how everything went down. I think I had them on mute. Amen. Um, if anybody else is on the call that uh, – that I might not have mentioned by name. If, uh, if you want to chime in on how you feel about everything, feel free. Amen. So I'm looking at this gun situation like next for me. Um, will, will you guys think about removing the guns? Often, drop the problem, or do you even for it
2: now? Have to wait for a fact. Hey, uh, excuse me, you can hear me, but there's a lot of interference that's dropped. In line. Everybody, if you're not, if you can just mute your phone or something because it's hard to hear. Yeah. I did hear that also. I
0: was trying to
2: see if I can.
0: Um, okay, somebody got it. I Thanks, bro. Um,
1: okay, I have a question. Yeah, brother Rod. Um, this is Sister Chandra, and I know you graduated with a law degree, so maybe you can help me understand this. I'm trying to understand, like, when um encounters happen like this, these two took place. Why is it? Um, forces of, like, shooting guns is the weapon to use? Why not tasers or mace or something else in that sort? Why why is it having to be a gun or shooting to kill? So is it something that's, that officers are taught to I don't know, I, I can't even really have, I don't even know the words to say, right. but what is it something that has been, they're trained to, like, for situations like this that you just use guns and not tasers for something so petty? I mean, I'm right. trying to understand. Well,
0: uh, well, of course not at all. Um, um, not at all. If, when an officer goes to the academy, and you go to what they call basic training, okay. your, your weapon, your lethal force is the last tool of engagement. So officers are trained to use minimal force as possible. You always evaluate a situation before you approach any scene or activity. Where it's a domestic call, where there's a burglary, where it's a simple traffic stop, there's orders that's in place that most officers follow, right? But what happens is, and it's case me and Jessica were talking about this earlier, you got some officers that don't follow the don't follow the rules or the codes, so they go above the law. They go above the means. So you got to think at the end of the day, an officer at any scene or at any situation is still a human. Because a robot, a computer, you can program it to do what exactly it should do. But you're dealing with an officer that has emotions attached to him, and and I believe that if your inner thought process is already triggered on either being racist or feeling some way about a group or a culture, and that builds up, then those actions come forth, right? Because you got to think these officers that are in our community see us every day in some form of uh, free judgment, what do you call that, uh, stereotype, Right? Right. So we already are stereotyped going into the situation. <laughs> Cause, cause you got to think, we do it ourselves, right? So if we do it to ourselves, of course they going to do it. But if you look at both cases, neither one of those cases warrant lethal force. And that's the craziest argument pressing forward. And I was so, I was kind of relieved that the governor of Minnesota was like, it was unjust and it was uncalled for. You know, he came out and called it like it was. And I was like, yes. So now, they, I mean, justify that. You know what I mean? So hopefully that answers your question. Hey,
4: brother, Ron. Ron.
0: Absolutely. Uh
4: Uh-huh. Hello? Hey, Hey. this is mom. This is mom.
0: Hey, How you doing? Good. Good.
4: Look, I just wanna I wanna just throw something out there like you know, what you were saying. Um, my thoughts are that it needs to go deeper. It needs to, it, it needs to go a whole lot deeper. It needs to go through the process of who they're hiring to be mm-hmm. police officers because you got if you check the background of a lot of these men they their ex ex uh military uh you know the psychological uh evaluation of these some of these men having been in combat uh, when I was in college and and studied psychology they called they have this what they call authoritative um, attitude. Some some men you can't put a uniform on, right? Because they 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 take it to heart, you know what I'm saying. And then if they have this, uh, if you check their background, they maybe had a troubled childhood, or they they went to the service right after high school because of you know. Stay out of trouble, this and that. They went to a service. They were given guns. They were given uniforms. You know, they're American soldiers. Hey, we got authority. You know, to protect mm-hmm. our country and this and that. So when they come, when they come, when they get out of service, they come back. You know, it's hard for some of them to find civilian jobs. So where do they go to? Police force. And then they what? What do they do? They give them another uniform, right? And they give them a, a gun. And even though they're supposed to have gone through all this training and everything, just I have talked to guys, even my brother, you know, my my, my uh, friends of my brothers who were in Vietnam, and when they came back and how they were programmed to kill Viet Cong, kill Viet Cong. Some of these guys, they, they're just trigger happy. They don't know that. They may go through basic training, but they don't know how to assess the situation to say, you know, like you said, they're looking at, you know, the black community or black men or anyone that's not white as someone as an enemy. Right. And
0: wow.
4: That's not always uh, the case. You have to, you know, you have to have the kind of mindset as a police officer where you see every situation as a as a situation that can be. That can be under control See And and a lot of them are not doing that All the cops are not bad We know that But you got these few Who I think Go through the process But their superiors And things like that aren't seeing it Hey They they may not be appropriate To be a police officer I've been to Nine out of ten times If you would look at this guy more some of these officers and say, check your background because you know for a fact that some of them have been have done it before right. or have been you know who who have been reprimanded before and and what do they do? give them a desk job for six months or whatever, and then they're back out on the street when they know that these type, these men don't have the mentality don't have. The compassion that it, that should be that a police officer should have to protect and serve, they don't have that. Okay. I mean that's just my opinion because oh, no. I know, you know that that you know in psychology when I was in school, they they that's what we talked about. We talked about men who you give them a uniform, you know, right. and, and they just they they just go berserk. Because they think they have this, they're they're they're, they're some type of god or something. I got this uniform. I got this gun. Oh yeah, you know. And and, and everybody loves police officers. You're, you know, you do something bad to a police officer, then you you are the one in, in trouble. So what I'm saying is, they we need to start deeper. We need to we need to start from the hiring process. Got you. I'm writing
0: that down.
4: I don't know who else feels that way, but that's what I'm thinking. You, you know, oh no, you're that's about it for a job, right? You, you know, in a specific job, you don't know how that person. You know, you do a background check and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And I've had that happen to me. You do a background check. Oh, they come up, you know, like roses. But once you get them on that job, they they seem to change. It, 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 right. Not that person you you interview. Wow, what happened?
0: So what do, you, what do you think are some of the steps that we can do to get the the hiring process or that particular part in action? Do we need to check with, like, our local state representatives? Do we need to go down to the station? and say, A, hey, you guys need to do an evaluation every six months of your officers, you know, have the officer had any type of incidents, reports. Do the community need to chime in? Is say, A. Hey, this officer been doing this in our neighborhoods. Like, what? What? Okay, understanding that. Like, what are suggestions or things that we could do to maybe encourage that more?
4: And I and I think that's it. I think that if we get more involved in actually seeing what the hiring how the hiring process is, is involved, what's involved? Okay, even as far as looking at an application because they're hired by the state, or they're hired by the county,
0: mm-hmm.
4: or the well, if they're, if they're city, whatever. I think that you know, uh, politicians and everybody, you know, we should we should look at that hiring process. We should actually be a, they should be able to, if not we as lay people, be able to assess this person, not just people in HR
0: okay
4: especially, okay. especially something like a policeman, you know right and it's not just it's not just policemen there's some there's some firemen too, you know, but they they go through a rigorous process too, but I think that we should be able to this person's background should be evaluated by a lot of people Gotcha. before he is.
0: It's bad that you should know. Right. Yeah, those are so things that definitely that we should at least check with our local or state to see, like, what are the processes are in place? Um, because even, like you said, which was powerful, is that all these things to check out, but then when it comes to that moment, the officers still can make the wrong decision when it comes, because they take an oath to serve and protect but uh, it just don't seem as in these cases that no protection is taking place. So, therefore, now fear has come in the picture, and we're scared to even get pulled over for a speed ticket. Oh, like like, right. And,
4: you, know, when,
0: it, you know,
4: when the, when the guys went in Vietnam, you know, my play brother told me, you know, the motto in, in the Marines was kill or be killed. And and, and is right. and that What's going on now? How can you take the life of a man who's naked, who has no weapon? You know um, what I'm saying? Okay, think what what was going through this officer's mind. What, what type of, you know what I'm saying? Even after it happens, hey, pull him off. Give him a, 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 some kind of test. Let it be public. Why in the world would you shoot an unarmed man?
2: Right,
0: right. Then
4: you know, our, our soldiers, we love them. You know, we love them. They protect our country. You know, and the same thing goes over to a policeman. You know, we love them. They protect our streets. But that's not happening. That's not happening. Right. And and we've got, we've got to find the core. We've got to get to the core. You know, we can stand up and protest, you know, peacefully you know, because, you know, that's what we need to do and and be out there. But I think we need to get more deeply into this this hiring process and what's going on. and I right. think to start asking more questions and requiring, uh, let me see this background check. Make this public. You know, find out who his mom and daddy was.
0: Right. That's what I'm you saying to <laughs> me, too put forth in the protest, not just protests, just for uh, righteous judgment Mm -hmm. and sentences. We need to also be having those things in the forefront of the protest. Um, Brother Kevin, you had something else you wanted to add um, to uh, tonight's discussion. I definitely want to get back to that. Um, We had a few few people that call in. Um, We wanted to give them an opportunity on their take on um, the situations that just happened and how they felt. Um, and also, we're going to end in prayer. But uh, so if anyone else has anything, feel free now, or uh, Brother Kevin, you just start with your part of it.
2: I was just going to say, if the uh, other folks that just joined want to go ahead and chime in, that's cool. I'll, I'll jump in in a minute. Or not. Uh, so... Uh just to piggyback off of uh, what my sister just said specifically, um, and I'm going to get back to my other point in a minute, but that was some strong stuff about the backgrounds of um, a lot of these people that are in these jobs. I think the, I guess the play the, I, I, don't, I don't like to use the term, but I don't know another one to use, quote, unquote, devil's advocate. And I think what is the, probably what frustrates so many of us, you know, whether you're Christian or, or not, Um, just frustrates everybody across the country is the fact that there's – I mean, if you go to any community, I'm pretty sure you're not going to find a waiting list of people that want to be police officers. You know, the hiring pool for them is is pretty limited as it is. But the unfortunate thing is, like you said, when you try to do the right thing and start really checking these guys that are actually getting in uniform, that pool is going to shrink drastically. So when you're already kind of, I think, in a field where – most police officers will tell you they're overworked, underpaid, there's not enough of them to police most communities. Um, well, you chop most forces at that point, maybe, you know, a third of the force or, or more out based on those evaluations, and you're talking about some real problems because now you really don't have enough people to take care of, of all your means and needs. So that's I think that's part of the, the balancing or the juggling that probably, and I'm using this hypothetically, but just from a business sense in terms of what police departments across the country are doing. That's probably that balancing act that they're trying to do is figure out, well, we still got to get people in here that will do this job. But, you know, it's probably a lot of them that's not wrapped too tight. And that's part of probably what their recruitment process is, to be honest with you, because of what they are seeing on a daily basis. You know, you mentioned, like, a lot of people that have uh, military experience going to that. Um, One thing I want to throw out at everybody, too, is, like you said, we kind of – We have our sense of, okay, this is what what we saw and what we believe and what happened in the situation. And I'm not trying to discredit anything that we've seen as far. I always just try to wrap our our heads around what's really going on, what's the enemy really doing with this whole thing. Like, I'm really even more concerned, not necessarily about, okay, well, why, why would this guy feel the need to shoot somebody that's not armed in his car with a kid in the car? The craziest thing that occurred to me is what has this cat already seen in the community that he polices that made him feel like he was threatened enough to want to shoot somebody with a four-year-old in the car? Because it's not like police police aren't going into nice neighborhoods arresting people. They usually are going to places where you and I probably wouldn't even go. We can all can pretty much, I know the majority of us that live up here in Atlanta, you pretty much know that there are certain parts of Atlanta you won't go to right now. You won't go to 12 hours from now in the middle of the day by yourself. Right. Let's be real. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that go on that we pretty much paint that picture ourselves as a community. And that's what, to me, part of the biggest problem lies as well. That's what the enemy is. You know, before all these different things kind of came out on TV recently, now that we're seeing what's going on with the injustice with the police, which we know has been happening for decades. it's I mean, NWA wasn't just making entertainment. Tupac wasn't just talking about police and all that stuff just because they want to sell records. Of course that stuff was really happening back then. We just Now we got cell phones and social media. So, of course, it's a new phenomenon to everybody else. But, of course, we know all the stories have been true for years, even before then. But what's interesting was that, I don't know if anybody's ever noticed, but for decades before we had wars on drugs, we have all kinds of protests and marching and all kinds of things going on regarding black on black crime, gang violence, how much we're killing each other right. that's not even that's not even mentioned at all at all. like these are problems that they haven't curbed one bit, and I think if probably if we look at most of our own communities, we can probably name at least five different instances or where we've seen our own people killing one another in our own communities and not even one where we've actually seen or witnessed an officer shoot somebody in our own community. So there are so many things that are going on right now that we really are taking off eyes and our focus off of and our attention off of by design. The enemy, I believe, like I was talking about earlier about how the enemy uses media These are not things that we don't need to know about because, yeah, it's just good that they're coming to the forefront. I think it's like, man, the enemy has used social media, television, radio, just the mainstream media as a whole to do his work throughout this time. And these are the weapons that he's using. Real quick, talking about TV, just how he can deceive you and desensitize you by what you see. With radio, he can program you by what you hear. World Wide Web is completely unregulated. You can type in anything you want just with a keyword, and you can find whatever it is that you're looking for, completely unregulated. So these are the types of things that he uses right now to pretty much get his work done on a regular basis. And as children of God, these are the things that we have to be mindful of. It's like, yeah, these these things that are going on now, this is a hot topic. But like we just said, you know, a couple weeks ago when the brothers were on, we were talking about Orlando. That was a hot topic. You know, we were talking about gays. We were talking about right. you know extreme radical Islam. You know what I mean? Like these are the things that are they're hot buttons. But the over there's underlying themes. The underlying things that the enemy is doing all across that get swallowed up by these headlines. One thing I did want to throw out to you in terms of scripture, we we know Second Corinthians ten three and five. We're talking about the weapons of you know uh, of, of uh, warfare spe- specifically that. Um, weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, but, you know, they have the power to, to bring down strongholds. We understand that. But something real encouraging and thought-provoking I wanted to share with y'all came from Ecclesiastes 9, 13 through 18. Real quick, it just says, I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me, that was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in a city a man poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. So I said, Wisdom is better than strength. But the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded. The quiet words of the wisdom are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Like you mentioned before, bro, we have to use almost basic, skill and weapon that we have and that's just to simply get on our knees right now and pray and understand what our what it is our purpose is at this this purpose we weren't born in the 20s or the 30s we had to go through the things they went through back then god specifically purposed us and the children that are here now and those that are part of his army now to be here now for this reason The enemy's using all these different types of media to attack, I believe, a full generation of millennials whom, by statistics now, appear to be the least religious group of people in the history of this country. So what's what's really, what's really going on here? You know what I mean? Like, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than a lot of these issues that we have going on. These things, I think, definitely help us put dialogue together and help us realize what we need to be doing as Christians. But, man, it's, it's so much more that's still going on around us that we're, we're probably not even thinking about right now because this is what's on our minds. But we cannot, we can't drop our guard. We can't turn our head away from what's still going on in all of our communities and continue to start praying and continue to work to do what we can in our own communities individually to help and change mindsets, help model what's, what's right behavior, to help model godly behavior across our communities. Um, Like you mentioned, that's that's really practically the only hope we have to even fight this type of stuff right now, because unless we have somebody that can, that's of a Christian background that is unapologetically a believer of God and saved, that happens to buy pretty much all the media outlets in the world and figure out a way to regulate the Internet, there's really no way to stop all this stuff from coming at us. So we got to start with the basics. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Wow. That's good, uh,
0: Man, listen, um, we're at eleven oh one. Uh we wanna be respectful for everyone's time. Thank you guys for chiming in and joining us for the spiritual Roundtable. Um, like I say, this is something we usually have um amongst men of the clock that comes together and get different angles on topics. Uh but tonight was one of those topics that I felt like Everyone who was attached to uh, seeing it had a right to say how they felt. And uh, I think we have done an awesome job with what God has called us to do. Um the thing another thing that we've been talking about tonight, uh, to piggyback on quick what everybody been saying, Jessica, is that we do want to pray. Um and and Sister Chandra I know this is a last minute call, but if you can pray us out, that'll be so great,
4: wow, yeah.
1: Father God, in the name of Jesus Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we love you when we take it not lightly of your love amongst everything that we have said, seen, done today, oh God, we still are we still are so grateful of your love and your care and your compassion oh Father. Yep. So, Lord, as we depart today, oh, God, let our minds be at rest. God, give us a still peace, oh, Father, that surpasses all understanding and those that are, that has been affected from the shootings, the killings, the protesting. Lord, yep. God, we just pray your comfort and your peace amongst your land, oh, God. And, God, I come to you as humbling as I know how, oh, God, for those those that are grieving, God, just bring comfort to their spirits in Please, Jesus' Father. name. Lord, God, let something be done, oh, God. Let your let your light shine amongst this situation, oh, Father. And, Lord, let your hand Touch it and let your will be done in this situation and Please, in this Lord. manner, oh God. Lord, yes, Lord. we know you have a perfect will, oh God. And, Lord, we will wait and continue to trust in your will, oh God, that this matter will be um, bring to justice and it will bring harvest and it will be reaped. Yes, so, God, we thank you. We love you. We honor you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks, everyone, for calling in. Uh, there will be a recap of this if anyone wants to go back and hear it at gogospel.com. And until the next time we get together, may the Lord cover you and be at peace while we ask for one from another. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, everyone.
4: Mm -hmm. Good Good night. Good night. Good night.